0: THE FRENCH REVOLUTION, A HISTORY, by Thomas Carlyle, Volume 1 Book 3, THE PARLIAMENT OF PARIS CHAPTER 9, BURIAL WITH BONFIRE This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Peter Dan Book 3, Chapter 9, BURIAL WITH BONFIRE Bessonval, during these extraordinary operations of payments to fifth in paper and change of prime minister, had been out on a tour through his district of command, and indeed for the last months peacefully drinking the waters of contrex Returning now in the end of August towards Moulin, and knowing nothing, he arrives one evening at Langres, finds the whole town in a state of uproar, grande rumeur, doubtless some sedition, a thing too common in these days. He alights nevertheless, inquires of a man tolerably dressed, what the matter is, How, answers the man, have you not heard the news? The archbishop is thrown out, and Monsieur Necker is recalled, and all is going to go well. Such rumour and vociferous acclaim has risen round Monsieur Necker, ever from that day when he issued from the Queen's apartments a nominated minister. It was on the 24th of August. The galleries of the chateau, the courts, the streets of Versailles, in few hours the capital, and as the news flew, all France resounded with the cry of Vive le Rat! Vive Monsieur Necker! In Paris, indeed, it unfortunately got the length of turbulence. Petards, rockets go off in the Place Dauphine, more than enough. A wicker figure, Mannequin dossier in archbishop's stole made emblematically three-fifths of it satin two-fifths of it paper is promenaded not in silence to the popular judgment-bar is doomed, shriven by a mock Abbe de Vaumont, then solemnly consumed by fire, at the foot of Henri's statue on the Pont Neuf, with such petarding and huzzahing, that Chevalier Dubois and his city watch see good finally to make a charge, more or less ineffectual, and there wanted not burning of sentry-boxes, forcing of guard-houses, and also dead bodies thrown into the Seine overnight, to avoid new effervescence. Parliament therefore shall return from exile plenary court payment two-fifths in paper have vanished gone off in smoke at the foot of henry's statue states-general with a political millennium are now certain nay it shall be announced in our fond haste for january next and all as the longerman said is going to go to the prophetic glance of besanval one other thing is too apparent that friend Lamagnon cannot keep his keepership. Neither he nor war minister Comte de Brienne. Already old Foulon, with an eye to be war minister himself, is making underground movements. This is that same Foulon named Arme d'Amné du Parlement, a man grown grey in treachery, in griping, projecting, intriguing and iniquity, who once, when it was objected to some finance scheme of his, what will the people do, made answer in the fire of discussion the people may eat grass hasty words which fly abroad irrevocable and will send back tidings foulon to the relief of the world fails on this occasion and will always fail nevertheless it steads not Monsieur de lamoignon it steads not the doomed man that he have interviews with the king and be seen to return radieux emitting rays Amagnon is the hated of parliaments, Comte de Brienne is brother of the Cardinal-Archbishop. The 24th of August has been, and the 14th of September is not yet, when they too, as their great principal had done, descend, made to fall soft, like him. And now, as if the last burden had been rolled from its heart, and assurance were at length perfect, Paris burst forth anew into extreme jubilee. The Bassoche rejoices aloud that the foe of parliaments is fallen. Nobility, gentry, commonality have rejoiced, and rejoice. Nay, now, with new emphasis, rascality itself, starting suddenly from its dim depths, will arise and do it, for down even thither the new political evangel, in some rude version or other, has penetrated. It is Monday, the 14th of September, 1788, rascality assembles anew in great force in the place dauphine lets off petards fires blunderbusses to an incredible extent without interval for eighteen hours there is again a wicker figure manikin vosier the centre of endless howlings also necker's portrait snatched or purchased from some print-shop is borne processionally aloft on a perch with huzzas, an example to be remembered but chiefly on the Pont-Neuf, where the great Henri in bronze rides sublime, there do crowds gather. All passengers must stop till they have bowed to the people's king, and said audibly, Vive Henri quatre au diable, la manion. No carriage but must stop, not even that of His Highness d'Orléans. Your coach-doors are opened, Monsieur will please to put forth his head and bow, or even, if refractory, to alight altogether and kneel. FROM MADAME A WAVE OF HER PLUMES, A SMILE OF HER FAIR FACE, THERE WHERE SHE SITS SHALL SUFFICE, AND SURELY A COIN OR TWO TO BUY FUSETS WERE NOT UNREASONABLE FROM THE UPPER CLASSES, FRIENDS OF LIBERTY. IN THIS MANNER IT PROCEEDS FOR DAYS, IN SUCH RUDE HORSE PLAY, NOT WITHOUT KICKS. THE CITY WATCH CAN DO NOTHING, HARDLY SAVE ITS OWN SKIN, FOR THE LAST TWELVE MONTH, AS WE HAVE SOMETIMES SEEN IT HAS BEEN A KIND OF pastime TO HUNT THE WATCH. Bessonval indeed is at hand with soldiers, but they have orders to avoid firing and are not prompt to stir. On Monday morning the explosion of petards began, and now it is near midnight of Wednesday, and the wick mannequin is to be buried, apparently in the antique fashion. Long rows of torches following it move towards the Hôtel L'Amagnon, but a servant of mine, Bessonval's, has run to give warning, and there are soldiers come. Lumi-Lamagnon is not to die by conflagration, or this night, nor yet for a year, and then by gunshot, suicidal or accidental is unknown. Foiled rascality burnt its mannequin of osier under his windows, tears up the sentry-box and rolls off, to try Brienne, to try Dubois, captain of the watch. Now, however, all is bestirring itself. Francaise, Invalide, horse patrol the torch procession is met with sharp shot with the thrusting of bayonets the slashing of sabres even dubois makes a charge with that cavalry of his and the cruelest charge of all there are a great many killed and wounded not without clangour complaint subsequent criminal trials and official persons dying of heartbreak so however with steel besom rascality is brushed back into its dim depths and the streets are swept clear not for a century and a half had rascality ventured to step forth in this fashion, not for so long showed its huge, rude lineaments in the light of day—a wonder and a new thing. As yet, gambling merely in awkward, brobdignag sport, not without quaintness, hardly in anger. Yet in its huge, half vacant laugh lurks a shade of grimness, which could unfold itself. However. THE THINKERS, INVITED BY LOMINI, ARE NOW FAR ON WITH THEIR PAMPHLETS. STATES GENERAL, ON ONE PLAN OR ANOTHER, WILL INFALLIBLY MEET, IF NOT IN JANUARY, AS WAS ONCE HOPED, YET AT LATEST IN MAY. OLD DUKE DE Richelieu, MORIBUND IN THESE AUTUMN DAYS, OPENS HIS EYES ONCE MORE, MURMURING, WHAT WOULD LOUIS XIV, WHOM HE REMEMBERS, HAVE SAID? THEN CLOSES THEM AGAIN, FOREVER, BEFORE THE EVIL TIME. End of book three, chapter nine.